fasten your seatbelt. I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car can really do. Are you ready? I am ready. Hang on. Okay. Here we go. Hold on to your butts. Go get him, kid. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. Not a tumor at all. I'm F. You're going to ask me. So you can go ahead and ask me what you're going to ask me. And my natural response could be to get offended. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. I am your host, John Reed. I have with me Bo Warmbold. Bo, how's it going? I am well, John. How are you? Good, good, excellent. And excellent. back from his one-week hiatus slash vacation, Patrick Canigallo. Hey, everybody. How was vacation, so great Pat? To be- oh, man, it was, it was just wonderful. Got nice. back up to Wisconsin and Minnesota and, uh, you know, kind of Northwoods time, reunited with friends and family, and it was a week of incredible hospitality and kindness and laughter, some tears, and just a whole lot of fun, so... Nice. It was very cool. Very much missed recording with you guys, though. I, I very much enjoyed listening to the Memoirs of the Invisible Man episode. Yes, and, which we uh, barely remember. Yeah, <laughs> just we don't need a recap. But like I said, that was it, it was highly entertaining. And I know that you guys were, there's that little bug that's been going around for the last few years. And, you know, that kind of worked its way into our recording and the after effects and all that kind of stuff. So that definitely added a lot, but you, uh, no, you say, really you enjoyed- say highly entertaining. Indeed, <laughs> <laughs> It were <laughs> now just a disclaimer, just a disclaimer. All medication was legal. In the white room. Well, some of it was OTC. Right. I was about to say it was all prescribed, but yeah. with black right. curtains on the, yeah, I, it took some effort for me to get the Mjolnir, Pavir, Nanir, Manir. But, yeah. That's right. I just added, Waiting I, I added for three more the br- Yes. Well, that's what happens every time each dosage you add another. Well, nerve prefer. Uh huh. Yeah. Well, that week, that week they called me the space cowboy. So <laughs> Thursday night, baby. Uh, whoo. <laughs> I all I know it was a great episode. It was highly enjoyable to listen to, and I'm, I'm so happy to be back. Yeah. Pleased to see you, sir. Yeah, we're happy you're back, too. Yeah, we had we had like a whole bunch of different recordings last week. We did the Memoirs of Invisible Man. We did our Patreon Godfather one, and then I don't know if you guys have seen it yet or not, but the on Father's Day, I did get an opportunity to talk to Podrick. Oh, so great. So I was able to talk to him, and then the Mad, 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 Mad World episode went out yesterday at the time we were recording Excellent. This. Cool. So, yeah, so Podrick and I got a chance to to chat for about a half an hour or so, and he just you guys can listen to it, but he just he appreciated so much like all of our comments, and he he loved getting to hear how much we enjoyed the movie and some of Dennis's memories of watching it with his family and things like that. So yeah, he he really appreciated us doing that episode. Cool. Well, we sure appreciate him. I hope he's if you're listening, Podrick. I hope you're doing well and. 
and things are uh, things are going well for you and your family and you know we so much appreciate you thank you so much for your support yeah absolutely well, so our episode this time around, we are, we're, we're kind of marching ahead towards the end of our man show month for the month of June. It's a man, baby. It's a man, man. So we have, to, so far, we've done The Distinguished Gentleman, we've done Encino Man, we've done Memoirs of an Invisible Man, this time we're doing Lawnmower Man, and then next week we finish that off with Candyman. So this is our, we're, we're marching towards the end of the month of June here, and it already seems a little weird to me that we're halfway through the year. Like we're already, Mm -hmm. we're already halfway through our 1992. So that seems a little strange. Yeah. I think I say that every year, but it seems strange every year. Yeah. Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. So very quick spoiler alert. We spoil freely here as we talk. So. This is your only warning. When you get a chance to visit our website, 30podcast.com, you can leave a rating, leave a voicemail, become a co-executive producer via Patreon. We have, not only do we have the once a month bonus episodes, this month will be The Godfather, which was a very fun recording. But now we've also got some Patreon shorts over there too. So there will be two times a month, in addition to our monthly episode that we do, I will do a quick like 15-ish minute episode on something whether it's a new tv show new movie maybe a movie that we just don't have time for in our normal schedule and i can do a quick 15 minute thing on it so we've got those as well that we're doing over there for the patreon crowd any level of support at all gets you access to those so if you are helping support us at the ten dollar a month level the five dollar a month level the one dollar a month level there are benefits that that come along with all of those different tiers that we've got but any amount of support over there even the smallest amount of support over there will get you access to those bonus episodes so if you want to hear more of us so clearly you're everyone except for the people we're married to you can get over there to patreon and you can definitely hear more of us if you want to yeah so that is that is available to you if you so choose. Let's see what else. I don't think we got anything else. You want to just dive right on in, right on into. You want to go mow the lawn. I think this is the. You'll find out what my opinions are of this movie here in just a moment. But I think this movie may be one of the the best movies to connect with our podcast because I feel like we have made reference to a lot of different lawnmower men over the years. Mm-hmm. You know, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if the listeners to our podcast should be called the lawnmower men. I don't want to like, <laughs> I, I don't want to just contain it to the the male of the species, but the l- lawnmower people. I don't know. <laughs> the, the lawnmower. We got to streamline it a little bit. Yeah. The lawn people. The, the, the mower people. Now I'll see if we start advertising on here. We'd have to get advertising with Manscaped. Yeah. And that's awkward. Yeah. yeah, there's the, yeah, yeah, the lawnmower man. Yeah. The lawnmower men. Yeah. I, I I love the Shirley podcast guys, but after they started doing advertisements for Manscaped, I, I can't look at a giraffe the same way again. Hey, now. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you, I don't know if you listened to their ads that they would read yeah, out for Manscaped. I've listened to those. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't go to the zoo anymore. <laughs> Just, it's just too awkward. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I, we'll figure out what we're going to call people who listen to our podcast. Friends. They're friends. We'll call them friends. But if you want to call them lawnmower people, you could too, because they listen to the podcast while they mow the lawn. That's right. Thanks, Val.
All right. Well, our movie this time around is Lawnmower Man. It came out on the 6th of March, 1992, rated R, with a runtime of one hour and 48 minutes that I will never get back. Directed by Brett Leonard, who also did Virtuosity and T-Rex, Back to the Cretaceous. Writer on this one was also Brett Leonard, who did The Death Pit and a movie called Truth. There's a question mark there. So I, I just not just because somebody put it on the teleprompter. Gimmel Everett, who died in 2011, also wrote The Death Pit. Producer was also Gimmel Everett, who did Virtuosity and Hideaway. Music was done by Dan Wyman, who did Hell Knight and The Dead Pit. Cinematography by Russell Carpenter, who did True Lies, Titanic, and Ant-Man. Editor for this one was Alan Baumgarten, who did Dodgeball, Zombieland, and Venom. Budget was $10 million, box office 32.1. Flickmetrics gives it a 49%, and Cinema Score did not have a score. For this one, Jeff Fahey played Job Smith. He was in Wyatt Earp, Planet Terror, and the TV series Lost. Pierce Brosnan played Dr. Lawrence Angelo. He was in the Thomas Crown Affair, Goldeneye, and Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> Jenny Wright played Marnie Burke. She was in Near Dark, Young Guns 2, and The World According to Garp. Mark Bringelson played Sebastian Timms. He was in Heathers, Austin Powers, and Soldier. Jeffrey Lewis, who died in 2015, played Terry McKean. He was in Every Which Way But Loose and The Way of the Gun. Jeremy Slate, who died in 2006, played Father Francis McKean. He was in True Grit and The Devil's Brigade. Dean Norris played The Director. He was in Total Recall, T2, and Breaking Bad. And Colleen Coffey played Caroline Angelo. She was in NYPD Blue, Murder, She Wrote, and that's all I got for her. The eccentric Dr. Lawrence Angelo puts mentally disabled landscaper Job Smith on a regimen of experimental pills and computer-simulated training sequences in hopes of augmenting the man's intelligence. In time, Job's be Job becomes noticeably brighter and also begins to fare much better with the opposite sex. But as he develops psychic powers, he realizes that those around him have taken advantage of his simplicity his whole life, and he plots a bloody revenge. Here is the trailer, and we'll be back in just a moment. Job Smith is the lawnmower man. A man. Joe, come on, boy, let's go. Grass is waiting for you. With the mind of a child. Yes, yeah, Cybo Man, he came to see me. Cybo Man, comics, right? Yes, yeah, Cybo Man. <laughs> and the doctor. Virtual reality holds a key to the evolution of the human mind. With a vision of the future. I have a game in my house that you might like to play. Would you like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really bad i have different games i even have one that could help make you smarter now ah! job smith is about to enter the world of virtual reality ah, it's gonna hit no, me no no Joe, just relax it's gonna be like being up there with the stars job they're going to another planet his mind is like a clean hungry sponge ah! i just graduated to the next level job <laughs> You're not the lawnmower man. Oh, you've certainly changed. I don't know how you did it, but I approve. You absorbed Latin yesterday in less than two hours. Don't worry. A world where the normal course of events can suddenly turn inside out. You realize, Dr. Angelo, that my intelligence has surpassed yours. The imaginary becomes real. Trying to get inside my head, Joe. You can't hide anything from me, Dr. And reality. We have no idea what he's gonna do. Is all in your mind. Oh! 
the lawnmower man. All right, so a couple of quick trivia items that I've got for this movie. So, so this one, and I was I was a little sad to hear this one, but I guess it doesn't surprise me sometimes. So, New Line Cinema had obtained the rights to the Stephen King short story, The Lawnmower Man, after which this movie is titled. That's where the similarities between Stephen King's short story and this movie end. Save the the uh, bird bath. The bird bath part, right? That there's bird bath parts of someone in a bird bath. Um, <laughs> want to make sure we talk about the bird bath. The bird bath. Yeah, it was an accident though. It was not a murder. It was an accident. And why someone's parts are in the bird bath. So Hi. the I guess they already had a script that was called Cyber God, and they just decided, well, we like this Cyber God script and we want to make a movie out of it, but it's going to make more money if it has Stephen King's name on it. So let's take Cyber God. <laughs> and rename it Stephen King's Lawnmower Man. And they did. And then Stephen King found out, and he's like, oh, hold on, excuse me, pardon me, no. Take my name off of that. That has nothing to do with my story at all. And they're not even close. Like, other than there being a lawnmower involved and a birdbath, the stories are not even close at all. Like, there's no there's no virtual reality in the, in the Stephen King story. It's more along the lines of, like, they drop references to like mythical creatures. And I think the one of the characters is supposed to be like a, a satire. And they they mention Cirque and some of the other mythological beings and things like that. It has nothing to do with virtual reality. So there's no similarities whatsoever other than the birdbath. So he sued, he won. And I remember reading somewhere that it was the first time someone had sued to have their name removed from the title of the film since like 1940 something. It was the first time somebody had somebody won, somebody had won that suit since then, but got his name. He still gets some money from the movie, but he was able to get his name removed. So it was not called Stephen King's The Lawnmower Man. That's like the worst, that's like the work nightmare, right? That's like when, like, if you're on a team at work or a department and some faction or someone in your department sends an email to the boss or whatever and signs it, from the department yeah. or signs like everybody's name on it. It's like, well, hold on. Hold on now. Don't, that, well, that, that's not, mm-hmm. no, that's not my, that's not my statement. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's like, that's like the worst nightmare. Like, a, yeah. Hey, guess what? Pat Canigello says, oh, no, no, he didn't. He didn't. Mm-hmm. Nope. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, that's yeah. just man, that's just, that's something that everybody can pr- almost everybody could relate to like that feeling yeah yep. oh man at, at some point in time somebody's had their work stolen or they've had something somebody takes credit for something yeah or yeah. someone just signs your name because it adds a certain gravitas even though you have absolutely nothing to right. do with it right right so a couple of interesting things the it doesn't it doesn't really have anything to do with the Stephen King Lawnmower Man short story. But it does, one of the interesting things about this, they do drop in the name of the kind of secretive group called The Shop. And so supposedly there, and I have not read a lot of Stephen King. I, I My son would be the better person to ask this. But The Shop apparently shows up in several different Stephen King novels and short stories that yeah. they are kind of a, a clandestine I don't know if they're a government group or like a secret society or something like that. And they show up in some of the other stories. They 
I guess in uh, some of the other w- books, they're known as the Department of Scientific Intelligence, and you know they they show up in the the novel Firestarter, the miniseries The Golden Years. They show up in the Tommyknockers. They get mentioned in the Langoliers. They get mentioned in the Stand. So this group, the Shop, I guess, shows up repeatedly. Bo, it sounds like you've read some of the stories. And well, I just remember them being referenced. The Stand is the one that I feel like they okay get referenced in that I remembered. I've, I've just sort of felt like it was Stephen King's stand-in for the CIA without calling them the CIA, maybe making right. them a little bigger than that, maybe a little more like the Pentaveret. A little a little Illuminati? Yes. Yeah. What was that group from the – I can't think of – there was another group that kind of fit that from another thing. Sorry. Yeah. I've just ran – random musings. Oh, that's right. Random musings. That's right. Ever tell you guys whenever I say the word Illuminati, it makes me want mm-hmm. pizza because I think of Lou Malnati's. Indeed. Oh. Yeah. I don't know why. I just, it, we are a food podcast, so I thought I'd bring that up. I was just, I, I was just going to say, man, all you have to do is say pizza, and suddenly right. I'm getting hungry for pizza. Yeah. Well, if you enjoyed the the Godfather episode, we got into a half hour discussion oh. of cannolis. So. Yeah, I know about the cannolis, man. I, and, I, and Dennis's point was so right. Yeah, you get the package of eight of them, and uh, they're minis. I'm yeah. just gonna have a couple. Yeah, yeah. Eight's, I think eight's, eight's a serving. I I'm just and jumping onto the food thing. I'm just gonna say you're talking about that. The the my cousin's graduation party. The reason that that I couldn't be on the, that recording. We were actually at my cousin's high school graduation. My cousin's kid. So my second yeah. kid, yeah. they're all cousins yeah. anyways, but he, my cousin, my cousins are great Italian chefs and everything Italian and Stefano and, and Cara. And it's funny because they have in their backyard, a full brick pizza oven, oh. like, and so they brought out, cause they didn't want to, they didn't they brought out friends of theirs that pizzas and they do pizza. And so the whole party that night, they, they were just guys cooking pizzas. And just putting pizzas out, just Italian cooked pizzas and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it was like each pizza was like a different recipe, and they just bam, they're just they had that oven cooking, and there were just more and more pizzas coming out. Nice. And then it was all the other for dessert, all handmade cannolis. Ugh. So all the cannolis were in the house, all the pizzas were being cooked in the backyard, and it was just like it was so funny because you guys were talking about that. It was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm living that because all I have yeah. to do is walk in that door, and guess what? Cannolis, 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 and then out here, up oh, more pizza, and yeah, more cannolis. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, that's going to do it for lawnmower so- man. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. How soon is that? Bo, when does when does Tony cannoli or whatever? When does that close by you? Let's get over there. Let's get over there. Oh, I bet Tony's shut already. Oh, probably. Oh, okay. That's all right. We can all go right. The, we'll go in the morning. Exactly. All right. Well, we do have some major moments in this movie, and I I think I just narrowed it down to like four major moments because that pretty much covers it. I mean, kind of once we get going into things, it's things just progress as they tend to Mm. in movies, Mm -hmm. you would hope. Mm -hmm. So major moment number one is RoboChimp. RoboChimp. Gentlemen, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna come right out of the gate here and say I could have watched an entire movie of RoboChimp. Yes, yeah, Cyberman yeah. was cool. I I I might have rather watched an entire movie of RoboChimp. Yeah, because that was it, yeah. was it was kind of fun. It was kind of funny, and I don't know. It was a little weird, a little quirky. 
Yeah, I think some of the 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 the, the head cam was kind of funny. Yeah, you know some of that type of stuff. It was like if you turned a chimp into a predator. Yeah. Yes. All the yes. And the, yeah. And 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 honestly, I I think in general you can do that stuff well. I I'm not trying to say I got Planet of the Apes vibes, but just the whole experimental and that I think if you that the, the latest Planet of the Apes trilogy, mm-hmm. you know that I thought that I thought that was a pretty incredible trilogy, and I think the basic storyline of experimenting or whatever, I, if done right, I think it, it could have been pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Dead or alive, you're giving me a banana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's kind of how I felt that whole time. But, man, he was gunning people down like he shot that guy in the face. I know. He was a I know. badass chimp. Yikes. Yeah. Yeah, George just got even more curious. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah yeah wow so yeah so Robo Chimp starts us off and as Robo Chimp escapes he does meet up with Obe which mm-hmm. because and I told Bo earlier I, I think you were I think you were off camera for a minute but I told Bo earlier I kept forgetting what Job's name was in the movie and I just didn't quite connect with the movie enough to care to pay attention to what his name was so I decided to and I, I realized part of this comes from me having watched a lot of Parks and Rec a few years ago. And, and it kind of fits with the uh, the character of John Ralphio, if you guys watch mm-hmm. Parks and Rec. Oh, yeah. I came up with a name for Job, and it's Tron Fabio. <laughs> so I'm going to call him Tron Fabio from now on because I— Tron Fabio. The only problem with that is it's almost too long. Tron Fabio? Yeah. But you say it fast. True, Tron Fabio. You say it fast like the way you try to watch this movie. Tron Fabio. Tron Fabio, right. Okay, it I'm also, there. It also sounds like something I could have taken a couple of weeks ago to try to get over COVID faster. <laughs> Might have worked better than the Milner pervert. Yeah, that's probably you're true. not supposed to mix mix Tronfabio with Milner pervert. With my Milner pervert. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably not. So yeah, so Tronfabio. When has that ever stopped us? No, honest <laughs> to God. Yeah. So Tron Tronfabio, who is who is just. Kind of like stringy Fabio at the beginning of the movie here. Uh, he's not quite Tron Fabio yet. Yeah. He meets up with, what does he call him? Cybo Man? Cybo Man. Cybo Man. Yeah. So we meet up with, yeah. we meet up with almost Fabio and he meets Cybo Man and, you know, it doesn't think anything of having an armored militarized monkey show up in his backyard. Mm-hmm. So I want to be as chill as that dude, man. Right. Right. So I'll tell you right now, an armed monkey shows up in my backyard. I'm leaving the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Just put it up. Yeah. Uh, is it, 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 it might be too soon for this. And I, I know what they were trying to show. Uh, it's the, the character of Tron Fabio. If you ask me a question about whether or not other chimpanzees have problem with representation in this movie, I'm going to just blow my mind. I, no, I'm not. Okay. I, absolutely not. I'm just saying. Is this an Italian oh, thing, Pat? That was too good. It's, it's just, it's, I'm sorry. It was just the portrayal of Tron Fabio. Was that slightly problematic to anybody else? Yes. Okay, good. That's all I see. See, we have common ground. Yes. I'm just, and so I, I know that like. Well, even the movie posters. The movie posters say, what was it? God made him simple. Science made him a God or something like that. 
Yeah. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, hold on. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> hold oh, on, boy. I, is that, I'm, I'm just saying, I just don't know if that whole characterization, that to me, just looking back on that 30 years on, I'm sorry, I'm going to take this line. It just, uh-huh. that was, that was, that was a little bit problematic. Well, they, they flowers for Algernon it. Flowers guys, for Algernon. You guys remember that story? Yeah. Yeah, Flowers for Algernon with Charlie. Mm-hmm. Pat, I, I don't. Pat, did you not pay attention in high school English? It seems that way. I, I, I did, but I don't remember problems for Algernon. Well, flowers for Well, he had problems, but yes, it, Flowers for Algernon. Okay, so yeah. what happened? So just, okay, you know. So Flowers for uh, Algernon, the, the story behind yeah. Flowers for Algernon is there is a there's a character named Charlie, and he had, uh-huh. I don't remember if they ever say, if they come out and say what his diagnosis is, but there is some sort of a mental deficiency of some kind, that his IQ mm-hmm. is lower than other folks, and there is an experimental procedure that can be done to increase his intelligence. And in the story, they do this experimental procedure, and it increases his intelligence. But then eventually, later in the story, things start to regress. And I think by the end of the story, if I remember correctly, he's actually worse off than he was at the beginning. Yes. Okay. So that's basically this story. Okay. It's the, the, and, it's, and that's and like Flowers for Algernon, I feel like, is, is a prerequisite, at least when we were growing up, is like a prerequisite for either middle school or high school English classes to read it at some point. I okay, but you man, don't, I, you I don't remember that one. I don't remember flowers for Eldrinon. Okay, I I don't like I, I, and I I actually I'm a horrible writer, but I actually like literature class, so it okay. wasn't like I was sitting in back with yeah the Algernon know, in the the Algernon in the story is a mouse. It's like a it's pet a mouse. mouse that Charlie. Has. Okay, yeah. Okay, interesting. Okay, so basically, it's that kind of thing, and and yeah. again, I. I don't want to, I don't want to derail and I really, I hope no one is throwing rocks at their, you know, iPad screen, listening to our podcast, any complaints, attach them to a PlayStation five, mail them into the show. But like, that was a little bit like, when that just that whole thing, you know what I'm saying? And I know what they had to do. Mm -hmm. um, But, but the way they went about doing it, Right. It's and, like, and hey, I, Job, you're, there's something wrong with you. We can fix it. Right. Like, eh. and, it, and I just think that that's, that was just, and it wasn't like, oh, look at those jerks. They think there's something wrong with him. No. You know what I'm saying? It, it, yeah. it was just like that was what the movie accepted. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? And I want to say I could be wrong, but, I mean, Rain Man was just a year ago, right? No, it was a couple of years. Couple it years. was a couple of years ago. Yeah. Okay. I, I thought the way they dealt with people with needs in that movie, I mean, I, and I know obviously night and day in terms of movie quality and all that, but it's, it's, it's just the movie wasn't about people with special needs or any of that kind of stuff. Right. The movie was about like whatever the heck it was supposed to be about. It's just unfortunate that that's the way they went about it. Right. That, I, mean, I, I just and it was unnecessary. It was. I think it was probably unnecessary to use that as a way of showing his transformation. Yeah. Like, does he need to be? Because I, you make a comparison, Rain Man, Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. 
is it a requirement of the story that we start off with someone who has a lower IQ, has some kind of, you know, mental disability of some kind? Is it necessary to do that to show how advanced he becomes later on? And and not just that, it, it's that part of it is even fine, but just some of the ways they depicted him as a character before he got quote unquote improved. Right. Like, like the ways people were picking on him and the way he was treated and like some of that other stuff. I'm like, I don't think I don't think you needed that. And it was played up to such an extreme right. acting, acting wise. If maybe it had been more subtle, then it might have mm-hmm. been better. But it was almost right. it was almost cartoonish. It was like a caricature of someone dealing with that kind of disability. Right. Or and, or needs. I don't want to keep saying disability if that's not the right term, but Right. No, I that and, and that was just kind of like, uh, okay, here we go. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I'm trying to enjoy the movie and so I'm not just, you know. Yeah. But okay, okay. But that, like a, yeah. And I want I want to say too, we've seen this kind of a story before and I, I know we're still doing our major points of the movie. So I, I'll save this comment for later when we get into it, but I I think we've seen this kind of a thing in I, I, I want to say like there's been a bunch of Star Trek next gen Star Trek deep space mm-hmm. nine episodes that have a similar kind of thing, but the way they do it is the nth. Yeah. The nth degree. That's the one with Barclay, right? Yep. Or, 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 or Lieutenant broccoli. Yes. Yeah. Th- they've got that one. Yeah. I think that the stuff in deep space nine with some of the trill where they, they steal the Dax symbiote and they, they, mm-hmm. you know, they, they force the joining and then that, changes that person heck i want to even say phenomenon phenomenon that movie i mean those are all things that i i think you could get to what you're trying to get to but not portraying it in that manner yeah is is all i'm saying like i thank you you thank you for mentioning phenomenon now i have eric clapton's if i could change the world stuck in my head Yeah. yeah there you go there you go. So anyways, I'm sorry. I, right before the show, I was complimenting like the new format and like just how much it is awesome with the show. And here I am like yeah, totally derailing oh, it. You, you totally ruined I, it. Yeah. I, I'm, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, jerk. Thanks a lot. <laughs> you, you leave for one week and you come back and you just totally mess up the mojo. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, you're all over the place. Put the landing gear down. There you go. Wave off, wave off. No, but seriously, no, I will. I will, you know, refrain, but that was, no, you're good. I, you're good. that no, was, I, that I, was problematic. I, I know what you're saying. And that was, that was, we've, we've covered my next major moment. It was Job gets a flowers for Algernon type upgrade and okay. some of the possible problems with that. So this upgrade, like he is starting to learn stuff very, very quickly, but we did see at the beginning of the movie as part of the, the, the Cyboman piece, the being raised by this priest from the church that beats him all the time and just kind of how he's treated by other people, how he's viewed by other people. They don't even call him by his name. They call him the lawnmower man because Mm -hmm. he oddly enough mows their lawn. So clearly he would be listening to our podcast. So this is, Mm -hmm. this this is our type of person. The way he is treated by all these different people throughout the beginning of the movie, once he gets this flowers for Algernon upgrade and starts to become Tron Fabio, which is clearly shown, it delineates it by the changes in hair. So apparently mm-hmm, as right. you as you get more intelligent, there is more conditioner used on the hair, I guess is what we're learning. So, you are further quaffed. Yes. Quaffed. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
Bless you. So yeah, so he's the the hair starts to change, the wardrobe starts to change. Basically, he becomes a a sexy cowboy as he gets smarter. <laughs> so that was the point at which I started in my own head started re- referring to him as Tron Fabio. Yep. Yep. When, when that started happening. But then as we get kind of in the later half of the movie is it starts to become Job's revenge time now so now all the people that have wronged him tron fabio now has the intelligence and the telekinesis to be Mm -hmm. able to take care of these people that have wronged him we do get kind of in this in this section of the movie we we find out that as we heard in the description that he starts to become more confident in certain other ways as well and uh, makes friends with one of his neighbors well i'm just saying like he starts to take revenge that makes me think of like he he pulls the steve buscemi in billy madison yes yes he's got the got the virtual lipstick being applied and has the the death list the kill list off to the side there yeah yeah and i will say when he did start to become friendly with the people whose lawns he was mowing. Yes. I don't know if that innuendo double entendre is appreciated, oh, but the way that particular actors delivered that line in the movie, there was like a quadruple entendre. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm just going to say that, you know how they say like at, at that point, suddenly <laughs> just the writing, I feel like they brought in someone that normally does like adult films uh-huh. punch punched up the script. Yes. I do you know what I'm saying? Like, cause all of a sudden I'm watching this and I'm like, dude, I feel like I'm watching like uh, Cinemax after hours or red shoe diaries. Like suddenly mm-hmm. all the dialogue so, and it wasn't even just like, this is, it was like, this seems like straight out of one of those types of movies. You know what I'm saying? I was just like, Oh my gosh, what is going on here? So anyway, <clears throat> all the people that uh, he had been mowing their lawns, he went to exact revenge on some of them. And a poor friend of his, he ended up taking them to the lab and they got plugged into the machine and things did not go well from there. Nope. That was, that was maybe a, a little too, a little too intense. We had five minutes of the video game equivalent to reefer madness. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So. <laughs> this is your brain. Yeah. <laughs> this is your brain on drugs. That's right. This is what happens when you play too many rounds of G-Lock. So you have the full body haptic suit tied into your virtual yeah. reality. And oh, man. You, you chose to go with the Spice Channel. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. There we go. Anyway. Yeah. So she's dead. And, uh, I love that transition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but it just cracks me up, man. And then the, one of the next door neighbors has apparently there's chunks of him in the birdbath. So that's such a great scene. Where's where's the rest of him? Bird, bird bath. Birdbath. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. So at this point, yeah, and the the priest gets set on fire, and I'm trying to think what else. The one guy. How did he kill the guy at the gas station? I'm blanking out on how that guy met his end. Didn't he wrap him up with the hoses or something? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So, I mean, we kind of we kind of get to, we get to the point where he is upping his level of telekinetic te- bleh, try saying that three times real fast. Telekinetic nope. powers, bird bath, bird bath. 
telekinetic powers. The rest of my tongue was in the birdbath. His telekinetic <laughs> powers start to go to an extreme where like he starts getting really bad headaches and he yeah. can't even necessarily control some of it anymore. Well, then he starts to turn on Dr. Angelo mm -hmm. and things don't go well from there because then he kind of ties him up and you've got that whole scene where he mind controls Mrs. Angelo and she has the, the shootout with the FBI agents and just everybody's everybody's getting mowed down left and right at this point. Yeah. But then as we get towards the end of the movie, Job officially shuffles off the mortal coil and becomes a fully virtual creature at that point. Um, he's virtual, man. He's virtual. Man. So at this point, he becomes fully electronic. And we have, I think in some ways, and, and we'll talk about this as we get into the, the deep thoughts part of it, but in this scene, as we get into this part of the movie, the end of the movie, we have both some of the, maybe some of the best uh, CGI that we're going to see in this movie and some of the absolute worst CGI I've ever seen. Mm -hmm. All in the same movie. All in the same scene. All in the same scene, <laughs> yes. So. And then it kind of ends up being that because the, the kid from next door shows up and he knows that this kid is innocent and has not done him any wrong. That kind of ends up redeeming him at the end, and he, he gives them an opportunity. He gives Dr. Angelo and Peter, I think was the kid's name, the opportunity to escape the lab, even though he's been locked in the virtual world because Dr. Angelo has cut off the network connection. Or as would happen in some of our schools sometimes, there's a hard rain, and then you can't connect to the Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> or someone or, or someone in the tech department tries to test the filter yeah you know yeah, all those things. stuff like that and then the wi-fi goes down because somebody looked at it wrong and that's dude you're not supposed to look at it yeah don't look at it <clears throat> no. pc it's, load letter the heck does that mean it's like that here's a here's a deep cut i know the the greatest generation guys back in some of their older episodes they talked about whittling it down until they're only at like the two percent of listeners that know what they're talking about Mm -hmm. Okay, if anybody has seen the movie Bad Words about the spelling bee, I think Jason Bateman is the main actor in it. When you say the phrase, don't look at it, go to a go to the closet scene in that Bad Words movie. You'll know exactly what I'm thinking right now. Okay. That's for the that's for the 2% that have seen that movie and know what I'm talking about. There it is, deep special, cut. Special little treat for them. And that is pretty much the end of the movie, is the lab explodes, Job is supposedly gone and dead, although he finds a back door there at the very end. A back door! No, oh, sorry, that was... <laughs> hey! She's dead. Wait, wait a minute now, was she dead? I thought she was just laughing uncontrollably. I thought she was just like, but then well, I thought she her was, brain was... But then I thought she died. Didn't she die after that? She know. was. She was like laughing. It was like a Joker attack, and she was like laughing uncontrollably. Oh, okay. I don't know. Okay. I don't, I don't remember. You're asking if I paid this much close attention to this movie? No. Uh, yeah. No, I, I did not. And then at the end of the movie, we get a Matrix moment, and all the phones ring, and that's the end. Because yeah, was that that was him joining the worldwide network? Yes. Okay. I see. <laughs> I, I don't know what that has to do with. Yeah. Anything? <laughs> I yeah. At this point, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I 
we have we seem to have a lot of opinions. Should we go deeper into our thoughts? Yes. I mean, we weren't the only ones that that happened to in this movie, but all right, let's do that. And now, deep thoughts. <gasps> okay, deep thought number one. I never thought, never thought a, a dragonfly would look so strange. <laughs> just it was just weird. Some of the CGI, was <sighs> a little. Some of it, I watch it and I go, "Wow!" For 1992, that's pretty crazy. And then the bees, and I'm like, "Wow!" Even for 1992, that's kind of crappy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't. I don't and the know. way it was so like colorfully acid trippy, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just because I'm conditioned to to think of an acid trip when I see that kaleidoscope of colors because that's yeah. what they've conditioned us to for, think. For I some don't know. of those for some of those CGI scenes, I definitely needed some more Mino Minir Padir Vadir to know what was going on. Yeah. That yeah. was a little crazy. Yeah. So very, very quickly, initial reactions. Did you like this movie? No. Okay. That yeah, I'm I'm really trying to turn over a new leaf and just not like dislike anything. But I think the general concept could was really cool. I just think the oh, execution. Yeah. yeah, I think the execution was maybe there. There were some there were some rough spots. I mean, and, think of all the uh, prescient things they said. By 2001, we will all be connected to the worldwide network. I know, I know. That's that. That was cool stuff. And I think, like I said, we listed a a couple, three or four different episodes of Star Trek and movies where this this thing kind of works. I think that like the the scene with the monkey was that could have been a movie in and of itself. And I, I'm trying to think. This movie was like over two hours long, right? Yes. Yeah, I think <laughs> yes. we could have like I think we could have cut a bunch of that stuff out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it, it just, yeah. And, and again, I, I'm, I'm sure there's people far more talented than me that put this thing together. And, and I'm not sure where this attempt came in terms of like early on in their film career, late on their film and all that. But I just, are you trying to say the know, monkey is unnecessary? You would cut the monkey. I don't well, or maybe cut everything that happened after the monkey. I'm not sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, like either one, but uh, yeah, I, I think the concept was good. I just think the execution, like I said, and, and I just, the Job character, the way that that was introduced to us was problematic. Yeah. The characters of the priest, and I guess it was his brother that was the groundskeeper. I mean, that was, <laughs> I mean, to say a caricature is putting it mildly. Yeah. And, and, and it would be it would be fine if it was supposed to be kind of a, ho- a hokey or silly movie, but it was, you know, it, yeah, it just, it just seemed a little bit B movie-ish and it was like not done real well B movie-ish kind of thing. Yeah. I was worried there for a second you were going to get rid of the parts of the monkey. I was like, come on, it's Furious George. No. No, I think keep Curious George and cut out. Oh, it's Furious. Yeah, furious furious George, George. That's right. Uh, yeah. Best knife fighting monkey you've ever seen. Yeah, that was Simpsons, that was pretty incredible. Simpsons, Simpsons reference, anybody? Simpsons reference? I Furious George. Furious George is Montgomery Burns' monkey. 
when, yep. they're, when they're out on the international waters on the boat, they have a monkey knife fight. And then Furious George loses, and, and Monty Burns turns to Mr. Smithers and says, Oh, no, Furious George, Smithers, this monkey is going to need most of your skin. Yeah. <laughs> Did not remember that one. No, that's a good one. I uh, gotta go back. Simpsons so you, rewatch. So time. you're turning. So you're turning over New Leaf, and you're trying to find things to like about this. Yeah, and like I said, good concept execution needed a bit more. It was kind of funny when they were in the muting room with whatever when they went to the Wayland Utani Corp or whatever the yeah. heck that was supposed to be, and they met, and they had all those guys standing there with automatic rifles, and it was like, yeah. what? Why are they in this? Place? <laughs> like, why are those guys there? And then when it was like send them out they just go right from guard duty right out on their on their mission and it's kind of like okay it was, it, like, just, it was like blues brothers everybody goes marching out yeah and yeah yeah okay yeah 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 i'm trying to turn over a new leaf and since cool world i hate everything oh man no i i I don't i don't hate this movie i i just uh, i don't hate this movie i hate what it makes me think about yes Yes, I hate how it makes me feel inside. That's right, and it's not—it's not warm fuzzies. It's—is it, yeah. There's so much of this movie that I look at it and I go, concept, kind of cool, execution, <laughs> no, right, uh, not even close. Like it failed on so many, many, many levels. The CGI is pretty mostly terrible, you know. And there's other stuff. There's I feel like there's other CGI that you see in the early 90s and you go, "All right, well that didn't age too badly." And you look at this one and you go, "Oh, oh, that one didn't just age. It's I mean, there are parts of it in a bird bath." Yeah. Right. That it did not turn out well. And uh, the acting was just terrible in this movie. Like the acting is never I've never thought the acting is amazing in most Stephen King movies. And I don't want to call this a Stephen King movie because, again, it just the name is stolen from a Stephen King story, so it's not even that. But I mean, it's pretty terrible. Like all the acting is pretty terrible in this movie, and so I can't even look at it and go, "Well, at least the performances were good." Like you guys said, it's there. Almost everyone in this is a caricature. Yeah. So I can't, if there's, if there's a message to the movie, I can't take it seriously. I don't even really know what the movie was about. Like, the movie is about mm-hmm. the dangers of virtual reality, something that at that point in time barely existed, and people would not really even know what virtual reality is. And, and this is not even real virtual reality. Like, you, you're not going to, in 1992, you weren't going to look at things and be like, hey, virtual reality is coming out in a few years, and we can all plug our brains into it and get a million times smarter. No, mm-hmm. that's not even what virtual reality is. Like, but John, know, the worldwide network. Right. By 2001, well, in 1994, I was already racking up my parents' phone bill on CompuServe. So, right. We didn't even have to wait that long. Problem number one, oh, I had. Oh, what? Oh, that Chris Brenner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a deep cut. Sorry. Brenner Listen information. To the greatest. Ch- yeah. That access, channel 19. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that Chris oh, Brenner. Oh, that Chris Brenner. You, you guys, you're missing the giggle, though. Yeah. Oh, I, that I, Chris Brenner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, gosh. And it did not help that this movie started off with a typo. Oh, <laughs> what was the did typo? At the very beginning, when they put the thing at the very beginning and, like, something at the turn of the millennium or the whatever it is, they spell the word millennium wrong. They spell it with one N. 
No. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. So the movie. So oh, as an as an no. English teacher, starting off the movie with a typo, I'm already like, okay, strike one. And then we do like I don't know. We get several moments into this, and I'm like, all right, we've probably already it's it's three up and three down at this yeah. point. So let's just end the ending. Yeah. And move on. I think. I think honestly, I think maybe the guy's wife could have helped him out, like at the screening, just gone, hun, you know, maybe maybe back to the drawing board on mm-hmm. some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, like that's just someone in his family, maybe just kind of help him out and yeah. just. So, so I'm and I'm trying to think of like what works for me with this movie. the The premise works for me, but pretty much yeah, everything. Yeah, the be, premise was fun. Like I would like to see, I'd like to see someone else take this idea and try to execute it differently because mm-hmm. I think it could have been a better movie. It just was not, it was not done well the way it was done. It was not done well. Right. So, what about for you guys? What, I mean, the, the special effects, because that's a big selling point of this movie. How did you react to the effects in this movie? I think they were kind of overdone a little bit in the way that they, some of the colors were just, it was a little too acid trippy and not enough what I feel like they were trying to portray. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, for 1992, they pretty darn good. And there were some really cool things that they tried and did that I thought was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I thought, yeah, everything, I agree with you guys. And, and this is where I kind of get into the simpleton thing. I, I don't always the special effects don't always bother me with movies. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if it's, if, if there's, for me, if there's a real good story or there's gratuitous use of motorcycles, I'll probably be okay and can kind of overlook some of the special effects. Do you know what I'm saying? Whereas I kind of like this, the stuff that took me out of it, I'm like, Oh, the bees. Now these bees look a little bit more like, you know, not as exciting as the bees in another movie or whatever. But it, it, the special effects don't always, like, take me out of the film. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that being said, a film can have phenomenal special effects, but if there's not a compelling story and blah, 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 I'm not necessarily into it. So the special effects didn't quite bother me or lack thereof necessarily bother me with it, you know, because I kind of knew what they were trying to do. And I'll give them this. I, I thought it was interesting that, you know, they kind of kept things changing up. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you never, it wasn't like you were ad nauseum seeing the same stuff. Like, okay, this guy got caught on fire. This guy had the cables wrap around him. This guy, you know, had the bees come and take out the squad at the gate. This virtual reality was, they were in these cool, like racer skid, racer skids things mm-hmm. that they were doing. Okay. This virtual reality, they're just kind of floating through with these little weird jelly things okay, this like, so they did different stuff. They mm-hmm. kind of like every time he went into the virtual world, it, it wasn't like the same old thing. And I thought that was pretty cool. I, I gotta say, yeah, they the, were trying the, to, I think yeah. I felt like they were trying to show his growth. That's why it was different every time. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. Like they, they tried some stuff, which was cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't turn out very well, but right. Right. And I, the scene where he takes his lady friend to the lab and they both get hooked up to the machine together, like that whole scene, I, I can now no longer look at my screensaver the same way ever again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One, of the, one of those screensavers yeah. that's just like the like the, 
like the the blob, the colorful blob that goes across your screen, and like, now I'm gonna have to change that. Yeah, I'm gonna have to switch to nature photos or something. Yeah, monkeys, monkeys, Robo monkeys, Furious George. All right, do we have anything else we want to say about Lawnmower Man? Have we have we mowed the lawn enough? Yeah, I think so. Okay. The grass is freshly cut. Nothing yeah. better than the smell of fresh cut grass. Mm-hmm. That was one heck of a lawnmower that he cooked up, though. How about it? That was. That was a pretty fancy and, lawnmower. Big red. Yeah, big red. And I just want to say that that end when he was, like, mowing the lawn with his mind or whatever, I think he had the blade set too low because he was, like, churning up some dirt. It was a, Yeah. That's not going to turn out well. No. No, that's especially, I think, in the heat, you're supposed to no, raise we, the lawnmower up a little bit, right? Right. right. You don't want to cut it that short. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Val, Val Kilmer knows what we're talking about. I... I'm just saying lawn care. Yeah. Val would do it right. Mm-hmm. That's all I'm saying. All right. I think it's probably time for three questions. Are you ready for three questions? Bring it on. Let's do it. Bring it on. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. It's impossible to answer. Impossible because you don't know the answer. Nobody could answer that question. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. All right, three questions. Question number one. What is the first virtual reality game or experience you've ever had? Huh. My, my lovely wife helped me with a, a, a great answer to this question is the Viewmaster. Uh, yeah. If you want to count a Viewmaster as a virtual reality experience, which I think it should be because it blew my little mind. Having the, the He-Man slides in the Viewmaster and the dinosaurs in the Viewmaster. Actually, my first one, though, I, I did not get a chance to play it. I only was able to watch other people play it. When we lived in London, in England, we would go to London a couple times a month, and there was a mall in Piccadilly Circus called the Trocadero. And in one of the open courtyard areas of the mall, for a good stretch of time, they had this big huge contraption set up and it was one player on either side of this whole thing and then big tv screens that they had set up and there were these you you would step into your like little cage area and you had the controllers the to hold in your hands and it, it was like it was like the size of a Roomba that you stuck on your head and that was the VR mask Hmm. And then you people would play, like, you'd shoot tanks. Everything was pretty much like cubes. You know, it was like a cube with a barrel sticking out of it, and that was supposed to be a tank. And you were shooting tanks, you were shooting other stuff. I think you could play against the person that was standing in the other platform, like, 10 or 15 feet away. But they had these big TV screens, and so even if you weren't playing, you could watch what was going on in the virtual reality stuff. And I want to say the reason I never did it was because it was, like, 10... I want to say like 10 pounds, maybe 15 pounds to play one game, which would have been like 20 bucks at the time. Mm-hmm. And I was mm-hmm. probably 12 and my dad said no. Mm-hmm. So I never got a chance to play that one. Several years later, I remember playing some kind of a virtual reality 
game in I think the uh, the arcade that we had at Hawthorne Mall here in Vernon Hills, Aladdin's, mm. Aladdin's Castle. I think they had a virtual mm-hmm. reality thing in there, so that might have been the first time I ever played one. I don't remember what the game was, but I did last year buy an Oculus. And so Ooh. I did get a chance to play. Beat Saber is kind of a fun one. It's like exercising with lightsaber. Okay. But then there's some other fun stuff. There's like a, a zero-gravity game in there that kind of reminds me of one of the first adult books I ever read was Ender's Game. Kind of reminds me mm-hmm. of the training sequences in Ender's Game. Like you're throwing these Frisbees around and you and your team have to try to catch the Frisbee, and but you're floating through the air and there's a team also trying to tackle you and take the Frisbee. And So, yeah, so, I mean, I've, I've played a few different games, virtual reality, but probably the first one I ever remember even just seeing in person was in that mall in London. Similar to your experience in the mall, mine was at the Old North Pier Mall down in the city. They had a game. It was based on Battletech, which were the oh. big warrior mechs, and they had these pods that you could yeah. sit in. And oh. just like they had the screens over the thing, and you could watch the people playing. It was close to virtual reality back then. It was trying. Yeah. I and heard I, I, too, have recently purchased an Oculus. Okay. So. Bo, so, like, this was the thing you got in, and you were, like, driving a battle mech. I remember like people in middle school, like talking about this and I never got to go. So I was like, in my wildest dreams, I was like, is this real or not? It is real. And now did you just say you were in Minnesota recently? I was Minneapolis area, Minneapolis. Tell me the mall America has something like this. The mall America does not. However. Okay. So the only remaining of these battle tech pods outside of, I think Vegas, there might be some still my brother's the expert on this. So I'm, I'm qualifying this are oh, in, a, in a weird bunker gaming facility. And I call it a bunker. Cause it's like in this basement in an industrial area of St. Paul. Okay. And they literally call the, the gaming place some radioactive thing. My brother's got all the information. I don't think they've been open because of COVID. So I don't know if they're open again, but they have all, they purchased up all these still functioning pods. And these guys run this and they do other gaming there. Like they've got dungeons and dragons and all sorts of stuff. Sure. sure. Like this gaming club, but they have Mm -hmm. as a club purchased these pods and they're still running the server. And we were there. Gosh, Four, five years ago for Father's Day weekend, we wow. went up to Minneapolis because the Cubs were playing the Twins. And yeah. saw some of Dad's friends, and we went to all games all three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, went to the racetrack one night. But one day, when there was a night game, we dragged Dad out to this industrial part of St. Paul where these guys had purchased all these pods and networked them up, and we played for a solid couple of hours. It was a blast. And you just drive this thing. Are the controls pretty like extensive? Yeah, I mean, there's it's a cool. throttle and a thing and buttons for you to select who you're targeting. And I mean, it's wow, it's a pretty well designed cockpit. I will see if I can find any images to send over. It is the dude. Like Fallout cause... is the Fallout Shelter Arcade. That's it. Yep, that's the one. Oh man, like this is so this is so exciting to me because like it's one of those things that you sort of like John when we talked about Earth Star Voyager. 
And it was like, do yeah. you remember that show? It was kind of about the, and we like took about a week of discussing and Google searching yep. and all this kind of stuff. That's what this is for me. Cause I remember someone talking and I always thought that whole battle tech stuff was pretty cool and the whole mech thing. But and then a guy would talk about it and I could never find it or find anything. Oh, this is awesome. Is it, is it, is it Battletech or is it like something similar, but it has no, its, its own name? It was branded Battletech when it originally came out. So okay. I believe as the software is written, it's Battletech. And Battletech, was it a, was it a video game? Cause I remember there were some like, there's, there's a, there was some, there were some tunes, there were some video mm-hmm. games yeah. that my, again, my brother is the expert on this, but there, there's a fine line between Battletech and Mech Warrior. Right. I don't know if I quite understand the difference. But but not Robotech. Robotech was right. That was that was that Macross. Was yeah. That was okay. There is okay. still an MMO Mech Warrior game out there. Wow. Yeah. Dude, maybe that's what I'm gonna get into tonight is Mech Warrior stuff. <laughs> there you go. Go watch Robot Jocks. <laughs> you know God, what I'm talking I about. Seen that in a long time. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's where I'm going. Oh my gosh. That's old school there. Mm. Wow, this is cool. Thank you. This is exciting. So yeah, that's probably my first experience and then most recently Oculus. On the Oculus, there's a Unfortunately, it sounds like they might be spinning it down because they're not really maintaining it or developing it, but they did make a bridge crew bridge simulator for virtual reality i remember um, they, that. yeah I, they I have didn't... elements of tos and next gen that'd be cool and i have played it it is fun is it yeah the one i want you to... can play that one not in vr but the vr version is really cool okay yeah the one i wanted to, i haven't downloaded any of the other stuff yet but i know there's the, some of the star wars stuff for the oculus well there's um, a, it's funny you say that because i just got an email today there's a big sale on all that stuff. Well, that's been so, the 30 something movie podcast. I hope you guys have a good night and I'm going to go download some star Wars video games and yeah, I know I haven't had a chance to, in fact, I haven't even had a chance to even play that in quite a while. Like I got it earlier this year, actually a little bit, maybe a little bit right after Christmas or right before Christmas. And I, I will say the one thing, and I'm, I'm going to sound like an old man here. I found out pretty quickly that and I don't know if you have had this experience, Bo, with yours. I couldn't do it, especially at the beginning. I couldn't do it for much more than like twenty minutes at a time, because the first time I used it, I then took it off and tried to walk out of the place that I was in and get in my car and drive somewhere. And for about a good half hour after the first time I played on the Oculus, I'm walking around outside. I'm driving. I'm going. The world is not real. Oh, the world is not real. What am I doing? This is weird. Mm-hmm. Like Interesting. I, stopped, I have I not yet playing. had that experience, but I will admit most of my playing has been that bridge simulator okay. and some of the video watching apps and yeah. things that I've played around with. So I haven't done a lot of what I'm going to call real VR where I'm standing up and moving around. Mostly yeah. it's been seated activities. I'll be, I'll be so, curious if you ever get that kind of a feeling. Cause it was weird. It was the first, cause I, the other stuff, I mean, I had never really done any other kind of virtual reality stuff except for that one 
real basic game back in the in the nineties. But this one, yeah, the, after the first time I used it for about a good half hour, and then I took it off, and I just had this weird feeling that I'm like, wait a minute, am I in the real world now? Am I? It was like it was real disorienting. And it took me a minute to be like, okay, yes, everything around you is real. You are driving a real car. You are. So I just, I kind of had a weird reaction to it. Interesting. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number two. If you were given an upgrade, would it be to enhance your mind or your body? Well, I want that hair. Right. <laughs> you want the, the Tron Fabio conditioner? Of course. Yeah. I can't, I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> it's virtual butter. <laughs> I can't believe it's not head and shoulders. There you go. Well, I told my family that I think my mind is perfect, so I'm going to go with body. Yeah, probably me too. I think yeah. that's where I could use the most improvement. I, I got no problems with my mind. It's good. You know, I'm, I'm at the height of human evolution with my mind anyway, so I figured well, let's, let's go body. John, are, are you are you not really in this podcast? Are you like are you like meditating on a cliff somewhere? I might be. And 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 force projecting yourself into the podcast? I might be. Okay. I can respond to the uh, the opening title card of this movie by saying, "Amazing. Everything in that paragraph was wrong." <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's what you said when the final credit scroll was wet. Uh, yeah, that's you. <laughs> Amazing. Everything you've presented for the last two hours and 10 minutes is wrong. Everything in this movie that you just showed was wrong. Pat, what are you upgrading? I I, I don't know. I don't want to say mind because I don't know. That just feels like, you know, I don't know. That just, just to me would be problematic and comes with too many strings attached. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, so we're upgrading mind. So then you get into that. Is this like that? genetic thing is that is like like creating star trek right they're always worried about people that do the enhancements and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. um, and then you don't want to be an augment uh, yeah i but because it comes with all the strings attached and all that kind of stuff then you worry about it and then what are the side effects and all this other sort of thing and you never and get then to the, the whole, you never get to the three-dimensional thinking either you you never get to three dimension that's c that's even with the mind upgrade exactly exactly well, so not I, not to mention fourth dimensional thinking Oh God! Don't even. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You're just not. Sink- I have a real problem with that. Yeah. I would say, I would say, like body improvements, but I, I don't know, cause that, that just feels like it'd be cheating, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna go run a marathon, but I'm gonna use this, that, like so that. But then I think, okay, but I, I seem like every week I'm rejecting the question, and I know you got the soundboard all warmed up for this one and all that, so I. <sighs> I'll leave it to you whether you think this is a rejection of the question or not, but I'll just say like, I guess if something had happened where I lost a limb or needed some sort of prosthesis, prosthesis, make my tongue work correctly, prosthesis or replacement organ or something like that, I guess I wouldn't have a problem with that, Um, you know, kind of replaced on an as needed basis. So I guess, I guess that would be body, but I, I, I'd have to, it, it would have to be like a reason like, oh, you were injured and here's what we're going to do to fix you up kind of thing. You know, like Luke Skywalker with the hand, like, I don't have a problem. I'm not going to fault the guy. Right. You know, like you got to do what you got to do. What do you, what was that Captain- word? What was that word for an artificial limb again, Pat? 
<laughs> okay, I'm gonna prosthesis, prosthesis, prosthesis. I've got it. <laughs> you got there. It uh-huh. Took some time, but you got there. You got the, you got some on the soundboard, man. That's, I, I have. That's extraordinary. <laughs> what would you like to do next? I've I, I had, you wanna, I had you wanna, some. You want to upgrade your tongue? I got, I got, <laughs> that's right, man. I got to upgrade my tongue. There you go. I've got a. I've got a. I have mastication problems. I need to upgrade my tongue. Yeah, so I, I'd be. I'd be okay with like something like that. You okay. know. Uh, and final and question. as needed, and as needed, yeah. as needed basis. Yeah. Well, and, and did, you, know, did, you don't have to go to extremes. Right. Right. Yeah. Did Bo get a chance to answer? Yeah. Bo, you said. Oh, shoot. You, you said body. Oh, of course. Yeah. Why would I? Yeah. I mean, that's another thing, too. We don't have to go to extremes here. Bo and I, we're, we're pretty much almost peak. Here to pump. You up. You up. <laughs> I am Hans, is. and he is Franz, and we are here to pump you up. Hear me now and believe me later. Okay. <laughs> your puny little muscles. Question number three, what is your favorite non-Bond Pierce Brosnan role? Thomas Crown Affair. Bam. Daily double. Thank you. Daily triple. Good there stuff, is. man. Go. That's just a legit great movie. Oh, it's an awesome It movie. is. It is so good. And it is just a really good movie. Renee Russo's in it. I mean, yeah. Right. How do you go wrong? That's why wow. Bunch, that's why a bunch of people joined the chess team that year. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, Renee Russo, and then who else? What's her name from the original Thomas Crown Affair? Faye Dunaway's in Faye it. Faye Dunaway's in it. Yep. Yeah. The a little Dennis Leary is- action. I mean, oh. really, it's got it all, brother. Dennis Leary is fantastic. The music in that movie is fantastic. Yeah. Just, I, there was such chemistry between all the actors in it. Well, I don't know what Pierce Brosnan's like in real life, but on camera, even in a bad movie, like, you want to, you want to be buddies with Pierce Brosnan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, you want to be his wingman. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I was trying to remember. I was trying to remember who did the music for that. And it was Bill Conti. Bill Conti. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's a good movie. I haven't seen that movie in a while. And, and just because they do the, what was it, spinning wheel? No, windmill of your mind. Yeah, is that? I wonder if that's, that's streaming anywhere because... That's that's worth a rewatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the original one had "Windmill of Your Mind," and they actually quote that music in this one, hmm. which I, I mean, again, phenomenal music. It has all that great piano work in there. Yeah, and but then they'll occasionally quote the windmill. Yeah, yeah, uh, so that was if, a fantastic movie. If you guys are gonna go watch the movie once we're done here, it is on Amazon Prime and it, Tubi. And the Roku channel with ads. Yes. There it is. Very nice. Yeah, Amazon Prime. I'm in. I'm totally watching that soon. That's an option. Yeah. Yeah, because that's good. That's good. That's good. I've been rewatching just some random stuff. That's what I love about summer when there's not like Mm -hmm. all that new TV on. I can just like retreat into 
just fun. Donna was out of town, so I was watching spy movies this weekend. There I you go. Watched, oh. I rewatched Kingsman, the original Kingsman, oh, the Secret Service. Is. Do love that movie. I started watching through some of the movies for our Razzies of 92 episode, and I immediately... Yeah, I got to jump on those. I, I immediately started mm-hmm. regretting my decisions. <laughs> so Yeah. All right, gents. I think that's going to do it for Lawnmower, man. Yeah, fun time. All right. Well, you can find us at 30podcast.com, at 30podcast on the different social medias, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Our next episode's coming up for the rest of June. We got one more episode this month, and it is Candyman. Candyman. Don't say that too many times, but it is Candyman. Then in July, our Patreon episode, as we were just talking about, is the Razzies of 92. That is Shining Through, The Bodyguard, Christopher Columbus, The Discovery, Final Analysis, and Newsies. The one that, as I was looking through some stuff, is it Christopher Columbus, The Discovery? It was either like a 7 or a 17 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's super low. And I looked at the num- the people that are in that movie. I'm like, wait a minute. Like, this is a this is a lot of really great people. Yeah. Like, but- even even some of the others that like the I think the cinematographer, I think even some of that. I'm like, hold on. This should be a winning combination. And I've never seen it before. So I'll be curious to see it. But I'm you've like, never. Oh, wow. No, no, I've never seen that one. I saw it. I don't think I saw it in the theater, but we saw it when it came out. Okay. You're a little bit of an English nerd. I'm a little bit of a history nerd. You know, it is what it is. I was real excited when this came out, and there was another Christopher Columbus movie that came out like. Yeah, it was like 1492. Yeah. Yeah. It's a couple years after this one, I feel like. That's the one. Isn't that the one where Ripley plays the queen? I think so. 1492 okay. Conquest, of, Conquest Paradise. of Paradise. Yeah, isn't that like... Yeah, That's Sigourney 92. Weaver is Queen Isabel. Gerard Depardieu is ah, Christopher we, Columbus. And it's a 92 also, so it was the same year. Yeah. So I saw them both back then. And it's it's so weird how, like, you won't see movies about Christopher Columbus all the time, right? But right. two come out in the same year. Well, that's got, I feel like it's like in the 90s when every year there was like, this year it's two Western movies. This year it's two Christopher Columbus movies. This year it's two gangster movies. Like, I feel like there was a stretch of time in the 90s where somebody must have had a spy in somebody else's movie studio and they're like, ooh, they're yeah. making Well, I Columbus think it's movies. worse than that. I think they're all just calling the same research firm to say, hey, what oh, should we do? Yeah. Yeah. And they're getting the same results. It's the weirdest flipping thing. Yeah. Yeah, you have yeah, you got Brando, Tom Selleck, what you Catherine Zeta-Jones, you, you, you guys are making a Christopher Columbus movie with Marlon Brando? All right, well, we'll do Ridley Scott over here. and Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so strange. Yeah. What was the – they did The Majestic and The Prestige. Yeah. Both came out. Yep. At the, yep. That's right. It's so strange. And I, 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 the more I think about it, the more I really think it is as simple as however these people are doing their research – they're mm-hmm. getting the same results. Yeah. So maybe that validates or some the research. Of the, or I'm not some sure. Of the writers, but... Some of the writers are friends with each other, and they're just like, hey, what are you working on? Oh, that's cool. Yeah, maybe. I'm kind of working on something similar. Or we've got something we started three years ago. That's not a bad idea. Let's do Yeah. Yeah, it's just weird how that, like, when was the last time someone made a movie by Christopher Columbus? Right. They did two in one year. Right. Like, what? what? Saving, saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line. Yeah. Yeah, Bike, biker boys and torque. 
just it it's a such a strange phenomenon. I I'd love to interrogate the reasons one of these days. Phenomena. Bum, bum, Sorry, I cut you off though. You were still doing July. I was still doing what? John was still doing the July schedule and I cut him off. Oh, that's talking okay. about Christopher Columbus. Because now I now I went down a rabbit hole. And it is I found a couple of different articles. One is called The Cheap oh. and Dirty Reason Why Hollywood Makes Two of the Same Movie Every Year. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And they talk about how for a lot of different reasons, it is because people will shop their script around to different studios before they get accepted. And at some point, somebody will be like, hey, I saw a really good script about Christopher Columbus. Huh. Why don't we do a Christopher Columbus movie? Or, Interesting. Or I saw a really good script about cowboys. We should do a Western movie. Or this is going to be a huge movie about magicians. Let's make magician movies. All the vampire stuff is always grouped stuff. with each other. Yep. It's just weird. Yep. You would think if I mm-hmm. and like and and there must be some research that says this doesn't make sense. But you would think if you were Studio A, and you knew that Studio B was doing a movie, wouldn't you wait a year? Like yeah. is 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 the does the market research tell them that capitalizing on the excitement about vampires? So apparently it's is the, better the, than trying to split the audience between two movies. So apparently the official term is twin films. Okay. And the, there's mm. a couple of people that have said there's a lot of different reasons for this. Production companies are racing to get their films out first. Staff moving between studios could be industrial espionage. But it's funny because, yeah, because I'm, I'm looking at this website right now and they give a bunch of different examples. Like 2011, there was the Natalie Portman, Aston Kutcher movie, No Strings Attached. Yes. And Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis in Friends of Benefits. Now, I prefer the Natalie Portman movie because I prefer Natalie Portman to most people. But <laughs> as, as do nine out of ten dentists. In 2013, exactly. 2013, you had White House Down and Olympus Has Fallen. Right. And both were actually halfway decent in their own way. But in 2009, you had Paul Blart Mall Cop, and then Seth Rogen was one in one called Observe and Report, which both were silly and dumb. Yeah. But you know, 2018, you had Bird Box and A Quiet Place. Right. 2012, you had Battleship and Pacific Rim, which was again like, and I guess the year is long, and movie release times aren't that big. So I suppose if someone comes out in February, bringing one out in June isn't the dumbest idea. Yeah. But I feel like you're splitting your audience, you're you're overloading the market, whatever words you want to use. Wait six months, and then I don't know. Yeah. It's so weird. You have a Bug's Life and Ants. Right, that's right. They here's, came out so close together. Here's my favorite one so far. In 2014, you had a movie called Hercules starring The Rock, and then you had another movie called The Legend of Hercules 3D. Uh-huh. How far apart were the Hulks? They were a year or two apart, right? Yeah. Well, they were a couple years, yeah. I think, yeah. A couple years, okay. You had Armageddon and Deep Impact. Yep. Which I just uh, which are sort of guilty pleasure movies for me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah, they're not uh, great, but I enjoy them. No, yeah. Then you had Dante's Peak and Inferno or Inferno. something. Yeah, yeah. Introduced yeah. introduced the kids to Armageddon the other day, and we had a good time. Oh, nice! It is isn't it kind of fun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you, it, it's funny to look at this website, and you just go down the list, and you're like, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, those are, yep. Yeah, I remember those coming out the same time. 
And it just blows your mind that this happens mm -hmm. a lot. <laughs> so, all right, well, continuing on. For the rest of July, we've got Batman Returns, Reservoir Dogs, The Mighty Ducks, and Beef Oven. So Beef that's Oven. Gonna, that's going to finish off July for us there. And then so. Pat is queuing up August. Pat is queuing up August for the Patreon that we got going on. Do you remember what we're doing for Patreon in August, Pat? I am, John. Yes. I am. Are you ready Greatest... for that? Uh, born ready. I'm born ready. Okay. We could do it. We could record it right now. We okay. could start recording now and go till August. At, the thing you... about that recording is I, I, I feel like I'm coming at a deficit. Like Pat is going to mention movies. I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> I, I may I may pull a pad and go on vacation that week and just let him host it. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's not good for anybody's health. Well, and and as I mean, however however we want to do it, like do you, like I could just I'll just give you guys here's a laundry list of every movie and just this, how it like do we want do we want like should documentaries play a role? Should they play a part? Should they be an honorable mention? Should you know? Should it just be any movie with a motorcycle? Does it have to be a chase, or can it just be the motorcycle is kind of integral to it? Pat, you know what I'm saying? Pat, would you like to know how I'm going to play this? How are you going to play this? I'm going to use the grandparent method. Okay. I'm going to give you some sugar. I'm going to shake you up, and then I'm going to drop you off and just let mom and dad have you back. And just let <laughs> okay, you go. That sounds and just let you just oh, shake you I up and it. put you down. Okay. I love everything about it. That's what I'm doing. fine with all that. That's fine. I will ride. I will be. I will ride my motorcycle <laughs> during the podcast. I'll. I'll go for. Can we? I actually. I have a handheld recorder. Can I ride on the back of your motorcycle as we record? I think that would be. That would be beyond I, exciting. I guarantee. Give it five seconds. I guarantee you that my wife is going to text me and say no. <laughs> <laughs> is she putting and, the big old kibosh and, on that one? Oh no! I would put the kibosh on that one. I okay. I, I would not. I would not do that. She would. She I'm, would. Bash. I'm not even. Pat, I'm not even coordinated enough to hold on as a passenger. So. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Well, yeah. I, I think you're pretty coordinated. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not in that way. Right. It's yeah. just. That's why. That's why different... I'm upgrading the body because the mind is the mind is fine. The the body does not cooperate. Well, <laughs> the flesh is weak, right. as they say. The, this and there's different styles of motorcycle too, and like. Ours, we might like end up like the end of the ride in Dumb and Dumber, kind of. Yeah. Well, if you if you get a sidecar, we'll talk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure we could rent one. All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for joining us. We love talking movies. We love interacting with all of you as well. So hit us up on uh, hit us on the face, hit us on the Twitter, wherever you want to hit us, I guess. But let us know. We'd love to talk to you. We'd love to talk more movies. And head on over to Patreon. Check us out over there if you want to get more bonus content. Otherwise, we will see you all back here next week for, I keep, I don't want to say his name too much, but again, I'm not looking in the mirror either, so. I, I just, again, I think next week we're going to have to have a talk, like, what's the pause? Do you have to say it one, two, three, four, five? Can you go one, two, three, four? Is it like, is it like Beetlejuice? Yeah, is it like, be what happens if, What, what happens you know, if a piece of food gets stuck in their teeth and then they eat that after midnight? Right. What happens if the Candyman licks himself before he appears? I, what's? <laughs> Hold on, Pat. That's no. Okay. That's extraordinary. <laughs> what would you like to do next? Okay. Oh man. And 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 we'll go back to ending the episode now. Now that you've made it awkward <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> Thank you. It takes a week <laughs> off. And Pat, I'm, I'm so glad. You, I'm so glad you're back.
Yeah, thanks a lot, we, Jerk. We missed Welcome you. back. <laughs> we we missed you. <laughs> no, people just got to listen to us go through our like half dazed, drug crazed, whatever episode that was, and I you know and what? Now you're back. It, hey, <laughs> now it feels like a half day crazed drug episode. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you so much. I always have fun talking movies with you. Thank you, John, yeah. for setting it up and and <laughs> keeping the lines open. And herding cats over here, I guess. <laughs> That's okay. I, there's I, a lot I could, there's a lot I could say, but I'll just say goodbye, everybody. It's great to be back, and we'll see you next week. There we go. All right, we'll see you next week for Candyman. <laughs>